It is Labor Day, and we are being entertained here by Phil Woods and the Festival Orchestra from an album titled New Celebration. We may not always remember that these are working musicians. They are professionals, and many of them make their living doing what they love with people they care about. Mark Banks asks the question in the journal Popular Music, why do people choose to work as jazz musicians? We know for the majority it's not for the money. Most jazz work is precarious, piecemeal, and poorly paid. Typically, then, we assume jazz musicians persist because they have a special talent and or love for the music. Playing jazz helps fulfill desires for artistic expression, creation, and or community. It may invoke passionate or pleasurable emotion or offer the promise of some special transformative effect. Jazz work, it seems, is usually undertaken not in anticipation of material rewards, but for its own intrinsic value, for its own sake. Banks continues, in achieving excellence though, practitioners are not simply meeting or surpassing a technical standard, but ensuring that human powers are enhanced and that individuals open themselves up to a sense of being part of a living tradition immersed in a particular specific lineage. Thus, a practice always relates to the wider recognition of how individuals' skills and abilities are directed towards the higher good of the community. It is partly this higher communitarian dimension that distinguishes practices like jazz from ordinary non-practice-based activities. The sense that the activity provides common or cooperative benefits outside the parameters of instrumental or individual self-interest is important. In order that societies live well, then, the establishment of excellence and the continuation and elaboration of the practice itself must be judged to be as important as the development of any individual selfish needs. That from Mark Banks writing in the journal Popular Music. There is something about what Banks suggests here about jazz that rings true with what we're going to hear about CODA, the Delaware Water Gap Celebration of the Arts, an annual music and arts festival that was started by a few folks who were lovers of the music and of the community, both parts of the equation, musicians and friends who respected each other as performers and as neighbors. The 44th annual CODA Festival will be held this Saturday and Sunday, September 10th and 11th in Delaware Water Gap. Bill Goodwin is an internationally known jazz drummer, founding member of the Phil Woods Quartet, producer, winner of Grammy Awards, and scheduler of the CODA Festival, who happens to be one of the neighbors we talked about. Steve Krawitz is a lawyer, jazz lover, and radio host, substituting here at WVIA for George Graham from time to time, working with George in the field, covering regional jazz festivals, including CODA. Krawitz is a member of the CODA Board of Directors and another resident of the regional community. We had a chance to speak with them by phone about CODA and what's to come this weekend. Bill Goodwin. Started casually, but that was like 44 years ago. 
And since then, it's become a, uh, well, lightly oiled machine. I wouldn't call it a well-oiled machine necessarily. Because, you know, it's all volunteer, and uh, people like me, Steve, uh, a lot of people just work on it because we like it. We like to see it happen. You know, I'm one of the original, uh, I wasn't one of the founders, but I was the founder adjacent. I think you know the story. It's pretty well documented how the festival started, and it started with a conversation at the Bar of the Deerhead. Right, at, back in 1978. 78 and then 79 we presented the first time, and it was literally a, a riser in the street and a piano on wheels, and uh, maybe had a speaker, you know, a couple of mics with a speaker, and there were a the few bands, and we played played for free uh, in front of the Castle Inn, and there was no admission or anything, and, and people really liked it, so we decided to keep going. And then, of course, you know, of the founders, Rick Chamberlain was the most active I see Ed Jobert is a close second, and Phil was Phil Woods was the sort of the uh, godfather in a way. He provided some of the uh, you know musical validity and the fact that he would you know would appear locally with everybody else, and the fact that it was a very egalitarian kind of approach where even the best known musicians and the least known musicians would make the same amount of money, which was you know a pittance. It's still not a lot of money, but you know people want to do it. I've been the scheduling manager on and off for years, and there's always people calling me up trying to get on it and you know, want to send me CDs and tapes and everything. The idea was always to present as many of the local, as much local talent as possible, as we're featuring the Delaware Water Gap celebration of the arts. And it's not, not just jazz or music, but there's, you know, there's an art show, there's other things. But basically, it's a, music, it's a music thing. And I was told by Phil Woods that it's like a reunion when you all are... Kind of. You get back together and you catch up. Yeah, the funny thing is that, you know, the reason we do it uh, every year uh, the weekend after Labor Day is that Labor Day used to be when Phil and Al Cohn, another of our really best-known residents, would be in uh, Denver doing the uh, Dick Gibson Jazz Party. They were regulars at that for many, many years, and that always happened on Labor Day weekend. So they said, well, we put the festival on, we'll do it the weekend after, because we're always going to be away. Of course, that no longer exists anymore, but we're still doing it you know, the weekend after Labor Day. It was the first one was in 79, so by the mid-80s, we were starting to hit our stride. Rick Chamberlain was such a mover, you know, he would get things to happen. He was really like the prime mover overall. Yeah, he, he was the prime minister if Phil was the figurehead queen mo- mother. He was the, the figurehead, and Andrew Bear. No, he, Eddie had a lot of ideas, too. Was a real, a real, I don't know if you knew him or not, but he was a real libertarian, uh, rebellious kind of uh, mm. character, but a great friend. He was the proprietor of the bottom of the Fox. At that time, yes. The other, right. the other bar is, on Main Street in Delaware Water Gap. Which is now the Sycamore Grill. So, uh, yeah, it was all hatched there, you know, among these guys who were all friends. And I was there at the, incep- the inception of the idea. And they asked me what I thought, and I thought it sounded like a great idea. And the next thing I knew was we were putting it on. And then it's been going ever ever since. I started. They started asking me to do scheduling and, and other things. They started scheduling maybe in the 80s. And uh, most of the, mostly I was, uh, you know, I would play. I was playing with so many. Uh, Tony Marino and I one year played in like eight different groups. You know, so we said, you know, we've got to start saying no. And now we've kind of made it impossible to do that. But what makes, I think, CODA just so special for us is, uh, you know, a lot of jazz festivals happen in, you know, kind of urban areas. And Delaware Water Gap is an incredibly scenic town. Uh, or village, it probably is classified as a village. It's a hamlet. A hamlet. And the 
site of the festival itself. I mean, you're you're there. The hills rise up <laughs> in all directions around around you, and it's really quite beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful family feel to it. The the vibe is not like you know you can't touch this. You know, sometimes jazz gets a little a little smug or a little arrogant seeming to to people, and that can be off putting. And that that is the opposite of the feel of this festival and yeah. what was so immediately what drew me in. Well, it still has a somewhat in for you know a more formalized model that it has now than it used to, but. Originally, it was a very informal. But it's still layout. It was like, hey, do you want to play on the weekend for nothing? And everybody would go like, yes or no. Yeah, exactly. Then it started being like, I really want to play. And they were getting so many applications that we couldn't take applications anymore. So we had it be like uh, by invitation. Now, this has been at least 20, 25 years now. And I love the fact that you all care about the next generation, the ones who are coming up with the Code of Cats. These are... Uh, Discussions we've had on and off for years. Well, of course, the Kodakats program was uh, very fertile and brought a lot of young musicians into the into the orbit of the festival, into the scene in the Poconos, and then in other places. In fact, I just played Sunday with one of the former Kodakats, who's Nellie Mackay, who was uh, when she was probably in her 30s or close to 40, late, you know, late 30s now, mid to late 30s, and right. she was 14 years old. And has been a professional musician all this time. She's been on Broadway, and she's, she's a multi-talented, faceted uh, artist. And a good part of her education and, and the practical experience, uh, formative experience, was this festival and her experience with the Kodakats. So many people that are functioning in the community, now musical community now, started in that. Matt Vashlishan, for example, Evan Greger, and there's others, there's others too. Mark Williams is a great bass player, guitar player. He's in California now. Many, many, many. And that's well, that's part of the that's part of the mandate. We can't really afford to do the Kodakats anymore. It's very hard to find people that have the time or can put the time into that. But perhaps that will re reassert itself at some point. Yeah, I hope so. The pandemic really gut punched those programs, which had been kind of cruising along on you know automatic pilot uh, in a way, not sounded dismissive of the incredible amount of work it took. Never easy to get it going, and once it was going, though, it was a lot easier to do. But it wasn't for Phil Woods and Pat Dorian, they never would have been able to create the youth band, the Kodakats, but they did. And it was a very good uh, training ground for the people that have had professional careers. And also, you know, playing and playing music in, a, in an ensemble with other people that, you know, creates social skills and adaptability. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many good things about it. So many pluses. And, you know, it was kind of funny. We had, I think we're going to have one more meeting, but we had a, a board meeting uh, this past weekend. And we spent more of our time talking about what we're going to do to bring back the Kodakats and, and possibly the summer camp that grew in, in recent years, Camp Jazz, both of which uh, we had to cancel when the pandemic hit and we couldn't even have a festival that first year. But we spent more of our time working on how we're going to get that back on track than what we needed to get accomplished before this festival. So there, there's a whole lot of drive and a whole lot of interest on the part of the board in, in getting that going again. Uh, but uh, there are still a lot of young musicians who are kind of jamming with these guys now. So it, sure. it's going to come back, I have no doubt. Uh, but the festival still has a lot of what we've grown to love about this festival anyway. Uh, over the many years, a lot of uh, local and regional players, and some of whom started here and are now career musicians in New York and, and all around, and they've come home. A little bit of that reunion that uh, Phil used to talk about and that you mentioned. So, Bill, what's on tap 
Well, it, it's going to be the usual mixture of uh, lesser and more well-known musicians, but mostly all local with a few a few exceptions. Uh, you know, we have the Lehigh Valley people that are considered to be a part of the scene. Of course, the concept revolves around people who are play at the Deerhead, who are known at the Deerhead, and that is almost like a sort of a uh, shadow uh, qualification for getting on the festival. There's also people that we come across, like the guy who's been on the board for years now, who's one of my business partners, Richard Burton. He has a real insight and connections in the more in the Philadelphia and southern uh, area, so we've gotten you know, some more musicians from that area. This year we're going to have uh, a couple of great piano players and bass players from that area. The Kleinfelters, Terry and Paul, married couple. She plays piano, he plays bass. And also Ron Thomas is a a legendary Philadelphia pianist. He'll be playing duo. These are uh, the Deerhead, because we present the Deerhead uh, starting in the afternoon. Piano uh, and bass duos or trios. Jim Riddle is going to have a, a trio with a bass and saxophone. Uh, and Skip Wilkins will be on the set. Uh, well, Phil, so Skip's group, which includes me, is on the main stage. Yep. With Dan and Tony and myself. You know, we've been making records now for a couple of years. So we're going to perform on the main stage on Saturday. And then there's uh, the big band, the Delaware Water Gap Deerhead Jazz Orchestra. I keep changing the name. So. Yeah, it's the Water Gap Jazz Orchestra, I think, for this iteration. Water Gap Jazz Orchestra. And you know who else, Erica, is performing? And that is Carolyn Lenhart, who Steely oh, yeah. Dan fans know is uh, one of the vocalists who has toured with Steely Dan for, she's got a I've been with them for 15 years at least. Longer than that. Longer than that. Longer than that. And her brother is also in that group. And their father is one of my oldest East Coast friends I've known for over 50 years. Jay yeah. Lenhart, the bassist. And, and, and David, uh, her brother, and, and Jay Lenhart's son, uh, Michael, uh, did a homegrown music uh, with George Graham some years back. He and his wife, as I, I recall. Yeah, Donna was always a singer. I worked with, I worked with, uh, knew them starting in the uh, early 70s when I had moved moved back east from California. So anyway, but there's a, there's a lot of ties like that, and then there's, uh, you know, local ties, and then uh, musicians that the local people like to play with, so they'll come in and play with them, and then there's the associated people who live in, in Easton, and there's people from the Poconos, and, you know, it's just try to get as many, have it be as locally oriented as possible. And also there's people that see it as what it is, which is like a big party, like a big block party, and not some sort of a great career move, you know. The thing is that, I mean, I get letters and emails and stuff from people all the time, and they say, you know, they send the things to every festival in the Downbeat Festival listing. I have to write them back and say, you know, uh, I don't think you're really aware of what our festival is like, but, you know, since you live in Kansas and, you know, the the gig pays like 100 bucks, I don't think you're going to really want to make it. But sometimes we'll get somebody who's coming through on a tour or something. I remember uh, that happening a few times, you know, lucking out with some, some people who wanted to play, who were, you know, willing to play for the money and, uh, you know, wanted to come out and play. It's a great audience and it's a great fun hang for the weekend. There's stuff for the kids to do and uh, yeah. you know, lots of arts and crafts and, and vendors, plenty of food. And vendors, of food. All kinds, and a lot of nonprofits. Steve, take off your board member hat and put on your WVIA hat. Tell us about the longstanding relationship of WVIA with CODA. Well, before radio, WVIA-TV came along. I think that was back in the, gosh, the, the 80s. And the first broadcast on public broadcasting anything was our, our TV 
brother or sister at WVIA, and then the radio came along later, and uh, George and uh, the WVIA truck have become a, a fixture, and uh, we're very grateful for that. And, and George has, has put together two weeks of special CODA coverage that usually airs later on in the, in the late fall, early winter, oftentimes around Election Day, two weeks of, of CODA coverage and the recorded sets. And, uh, you know, we're, we're awfully spoiled with this festival that we've had such a high caliber of, of artist and musician playing at our festival. These sets really do pop even when you get to relive them on radio. You know, it's a different experience when you're live and you've got the sun and the birds and the, and the kids running around, and it, it's a really uh, a family experience. But then when you just listen to the music that George and the crew and, and a little bit of me, I guess, are able to put together, and then George condenses it down into uh, manageable sets uh, for all that jazz in the evenings, this, the music holds up. It's, wow, you know, that was even better than I remembered it uh, when I heard it the first time. And uh, so it's so great uh, with WVIA gets us to relive, if we were lucky enough to be there, relive what we just heard uh, a few months earlier. Or if you had to miss the uh, live performances, then you get to uh, kind of be there when you weren't and, and hear the WVIA radio coverage. And so that has been a completely blissful partnership uh, that COTA has had with WVIA. And uh, I hope that continues for a long, long time. I'm certainly looking forward to another great festival. Now, you have a tradition of closing the festival with a real flourish. Well, the, uh, what happens is uh, we always try to you know, book a, a dance-friendly jazz group for the last set on Sunday. And people will traditionally get up and dance if they can find the beat. And this year it's me and the Foz Tones. Tones, yeah, the longtime band from Lehigh. Peter Fluck is known, to, known as the Foz, Fearless Fosdick that started with, and then he became uh, the Foz Tones. And that's going to be that's going to be nice. We've had the Blue Sparks from Hell. We had Simone, Zena Simone's daughter. We had Harvey S. His Latin band one year. We felt you know, you know some of these guys from uh, Railroad Earth. That was a great set where he, they did a really long set and they had some of the guys, you guys like me and Rick Chamberlain sitting in and but a lot of just party party type stuff where people would have a good time, get out and dance, let off steam. And then we continue at the Deerhead until the wee hours, and we have like a uh, open jam session. We have, our main attraction will be Saturday will be uh, Jay Ratman with his group, and then Sunday, uh, so it's the 7 to 9 set at the Deerhead, will be uh, Michael Steffen's group with the Quartet Oblique, which will feature Dave Liebman. And then there's an open jam session after that. So Each night. Yeah, yeah both night, nights. So man. each night, hopefully everybody just who can gravitates over there, and which they usually would anyway, but we just have... The musicians are there, and we have stuff we can play and hang out. Steve, you're a radio announcer, so tell us where to go on the web and all of that. All right. Well, the website, as it has been for a decade or so now, is Kota Jazz, that's Celebration of the Arts, so C-O-T-A Jazz dot O-R-G. And, of course, where you go Saturday, September 10th, and Sunday, September 11th, is downtown Delaware Water Gap. Uh, just follow all the people and enjoy the charm that the town has to offer itself. Bring a natural, chair, bring a blanket. This natural amphitheater. You can bring, a, of course, a, a lawn chair or a blanket, and uh, it is just a great time. Lots of arts, uh, lots of talented crafts people uh, displaying their wares, and a lot of great food and a lot of great music. Music.
Steve Krawitz, jazz radio host and board member of the Celebration of the Arts, a resident of the region, and Bill Goodwin, internationally known jazz drummer, founding member of the Phil Woods Quartet, and someone who is a neighbor of these players, and he is the schedule manager of the Celebration of the Arts. And they've been talking with us about the 44th annual CODA Festival, the Celebration of the Arts in Delaware Water Gap, to be held this Saturday and Sunday, September 10th and 11th. And for more information on the web, as Steve told us, cotajazz.org, cotajazz.org. Things get underway Saturday at 12.30 with Adam Nywood and his group, and that's on the main stage Saturday the 10th and going right through to the Water Gap Jazz Orchestra. And then things are simultaneously going on at the Deerhead Inn, but the emphasis shifts to the Deerhead for the open jam at 9 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. The Sunday festivities got underway with the 10 o'clock service at the Church of the Mountain. That's a tradition, a long-standing tradition. But the main stage opens at 12.30 with Andy Bianco and his group and continues in a pattern similar to Saturday. So Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th of September, it's the 44th annual Delaware Water Gap Celebration of the Arts and for more information, cotajazz.org, cotajazz.org. Mm-hmm. 